This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio Co Pulpit. You're with Alana Willy Fear. My program is called Body Matters. And today I've got a real special guest in, um, Ruan Ferreira. And Ruan's going to chat to us a little bit about his testimony and finding strength in adversity. Mm. So, Ruan, welcome. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. It's so nice to have you, Ruan. Tell us a little bit about you. I mean, just introduce yourself to the audience. Um, so, I, my name is Ruan Ferreira. I am 38, married to a beautiful wife called Sunel and got two, two babies, one is eight years old, and the other one is five. Lila is eight, and Callan is five. And then, uh, yeah, just a little bit about me. So I function in Christian psychology. So I studied to be a pastor mm-hmm. and uh, functioned in the church for what would be 20 years now. Both sure. my parents are pastors as well. And just tell us, Ruan, quickly, where, yeah. where do they pastor? Are they still so pastors? They're still pastoring. Okay. Uh, they were part of the AFM, the Apostolic Faith Mission. Okay. Since... The early 1900s, it seemed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like so 19, very, very long 19, time ago. 1992. Sure. So they've been in ministry a very long time. Mm. Um, they're not in big scale ministry anymore. My dad had a church with three campuses and 3,000 members sure. back, and that he left that in 2008. And mm. uh, but they're still independent in ministry, and then he consults other ministries sure. as well at the, at the moment. My mom is just, my mom is actually a, a legend because she she still prays like six or eight hours a day. You wow. know, once we'll get into my testimony, mm. she's the one that prayed me out of death into sure. life. You know, so sure. Now that mm. is awesome. And tell me, Ryan, just a little bit about ministry work. Yeah. What are you involved in? And you also said you've been to Bethel. So, what is your interest? Yeah, so I, like I said, I, I studied theology, and mm. so I, let me just get into this. So um, my history mm. is growing up in the church, you know, so uh, trying to find answers more, the, more than anything in the house of the Lord, but where there are people, there are problems, right? So yes. I, I sort of struggled finding all the answers that I was looking for, you know, mm. in my own struggles, in my own life. And so I studied theology because my dad was a pastor and I wanted to mm. function in that. But then I started studying clinical psychology after mm-hmm. that. So I finished sure. my first degree, started my second reg- degree because I wanted, I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I couldn't get it from the Bible. It was that mm-hmm. I couldn't get it from theology, yes. which is the study of God. You know, it's just the study of it. And so I had to encounter God even in my psychology studies. Mm-hmm. I started learning. I remember when I was studying psychology, you, you've got a base your, if you're going to honors and you're going to masters and you're going mm. to all of that studies, you've got to base it on some theory. Yes. And I chose existential psychology because otherwise the options were Sigmund Freud, you know. Yeah, Freud and so Carl not, Jung. Not, not a great foundation for a Christian to yes. function from. And so I picked um, existential psychology. What and is that? Sorry, so just for those who don't know. It's this, so it's basically... The, the study of why we exist. Okay. And so I, the guy that, that was the father that is called, is called Viktor Frankl. And so he was a, he was mm. a prisoner in Auschwitz. And yes, he, he wrote a very famous him. book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Sure. And, um, you know, I, I found solace in the fact that 
Victor Frankl was in five, I think I speak under correction, but it was five different concentration camps. And he based a theory that he wrote on that experience mm -hmm. where he said, basically, the Nazis can control my, ex my external environment, but they will not control my perception, sure. my perception of reality. And in that, he then found meaning in serving mm. others, serving the kids, serving the people around mm. him. And to find strength in that sort of adversity, yes. that really touched my heart because that's, that's much like the way I look at Jesus who gave up his life and mm -hmm. said, I, will, I come not to be served, but to serve others. Amen. And so in, in my psychology studies, I encountered Jesus many times. And it's, it's not necessarily the studies, but it was in the search mm -hmm. for, Lord, meaning. what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning? What is our purpose? And like I said, church, church is great. I love church. But you've got to encounter Jesus for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's you know? true. You can't just go to church and, and expect people to be your everything jesus has to be your everything mm. and then in that you find community you find purpose you find meaning mm. but uh it's it was a journey i studied for 12 years sure that's a yeah. long time 12 years and eventually ended up um you know finding my passion in helping others mm. work through whether it's depression or anxiety or addiction and um even career guidance because I, I feel you know your purpose has a lot to do with with your own story yes um God uses your story for his glory. Yeah. But and it's also finding your strength, which is, yeah. which is guidance is where you're moving and heading towards. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's, that's why I do what I do, you know, and, and I mm. love it. And um, my wife, who, I mean, we, our story is a wild one as well, because we were at school together sure. 20 years back. And then uh, life just took us different paths. And mm. so we met up again 20 years later, and we got married last year, July 29th. Sure. It's, it's just been, it's been an amazing journey. Wow. But again, your story is so unique. My story mm. is so unique to me, you know, mm. and, and each person should just learn to embrace your own story because God will use it, like I said, for his glory. Yes. But it's important that we embrace the ugly parts of us, the great parts of our story, in all of our flawed nature, we find the strength of Jesus. Mm. And before we get to your story, just mm. quickly, I know you've got another interest, and that is also the musical side, the, yeah. the praise and worship. And, and you just, just touch on the fact that you went to, you said you went to Bethel. Is went that, to Bethel, yeah. yeah. So I was in Bethel. I was in, uh, stayed in Redding, California, lived there for mm. two years. So the first year, when you go, I mean, Bethel is, is very polarizing, mm. right? People either love it or hate it. Yeah. So even in Bethel, we would drive around behind cars and they would have those, you know, those red circles with the slash yes. through it that said anti-Bethel. So, you, sure. know, you know, you're not welcome necessarily to pray there. But I think I went there in mm. search of a, a touch from God. And, and yes. I'm careful to say that because you can, you can experience the touch of God in your own home mm. or wh wherever you go. But... But I felt the prompting and the way things fell into place to, to go to California. And um, I remember I said to, I said to the Lord, because, I mean, I was established in Pretoria. I didn't w really want to leave. Yeah. And um, I said to him, you're going to have to write on the wall with your finger <laughs> for me to go. Sure. And I was driving in traffic. I kid you not. This is a true story. I was driving in traffic. Mm -hmm. And a car com comes in front of me and it says, this is the finger of the <gasps> Lord. Oh, wow. And it gave a Joshua 1 verse 9, which is be, be brave, be and, brave and very courageous. courageous. And I said, okay, <laughs> okay Lord, oh, I, that is, I'll go. What a different so, sign, yeah? 
crazy. Sure. And so, so I, I went there and, and first year was super tough because mm. you work, you know, you encounter God in a whole different mm. measure. And it's 72 countries sure. of young, young bucks. And I wasn't a young buck anymore. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different country. Mm. It's a different place. But I had amazing experiences yes. for me. It will always be the place that changed my life, mm. changed my perception of theology, of God. Um, I mean, there's a prayer chapel 24-7. You can go mm. there and there's worship music and there's people praying. and there's So the atmosphere is so thick with the presence of God yes. because people are seeking Him. And like I said, for me coming from church, that it was sort of difficult not to go into that with some some form of skepticism. Yes, of course. You know, what is what is going on here? I'm you know, I'm mm. established, I know I'm mm. I'm in ministry. But going there it took me about three months and I just I just surrendered to the process that yes. the Lord wanted me in. You know, because the Lord can place you wherever and, and then he wants to meet with you one on one. And so mm. I found a bunch of encounters in that first year. Yes. That Completely changed my life. Completely changed my life because there's nothing to prove there. I'm not mm. going to outperform musically anybody there. Mm. I'm not going to outpreach anybody in Bethel. Yeah, you know? no, everybody's <laughs> everybody's so passionate and so hungry for and the excellent. Lord. Excellent yes. as well. So yes. um, just to get to the music side. So I didn't. I grew up. My mom was a, was a professional singer. So she she's just an amazing, amazing woman and um, just a phenomenal singer. And so mm. my brother and myself, we both worship leads. So my brother plays guitar and he leads worship wow. for Shofar Church in Hermanus. And then um, I, I sort of buried my gift for a mm. while because uh, that to me was a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. It was I could get behind my keyboard in my secret place yes. and, you know, like David, sort of write psalms and connect Connect with, with the Holy That was Spirit. your yeah. intimate time. That was my secret place time. So, but having said that, I do enjoy worship leading, mm -hmm. and it, it's a gift that God has given me. So, I do enjoy doing that with my wife as well. So, you know, it's just it's amazing how things work out if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Now that is so awesome. You you seem so multi talented, and I just want to say when we went to when I also was at Bethel, they call us the Babylonians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Bethelodians, Bethelodians when we got there. But anyway, we'll take a short music break, and then we're going to come and just jump straight into Ruan's testimony. Sure. So please tune in. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Wellyfear, and I am speaking to Ruan Ferreira, and we're talking about finding strength in adversity. And Ruan's just been sharing a little bit about his background, um, being into clinical psychology and into theology, and just coming from a background where he grew up with, with both his parents being pastors and, and going to Bethel and also just having that music talent. And we want to share, he wants to share a little bit about um, his testimony. So, Ruan, mm. you've got a great testimony and I am really keen to hear yeah. your story. Don't you just want to share it with us, Yeah, please? yeah, definitely. I think I, I've got to say, I, I think a testimony is, is such an important part of our lives when it glorifies God. Amen. So and I don't want to give a sensational story. I, I feel there, there has to be more glory than story. Mm. Otherwise, you might not be redeemed yet, you know. So <clears throat> I'll give you just a bit of recap. So when I was 12 years old, I had my first taste of um, codeine, which is a... A pill, I mean, you can readily, mm. readily get that over the counter, unfortunately, mm. in South Africa. Now, codeine 
is a controlled substance in America, just to give you the, you know, the seriousness Mm. of that as a drug. So if they catch you with codeine in America, you get locked up. Sure. And I didn't South, even know that. And in South Africa, it's readily available in many, many pain painkillers. Any yellow small pill that you get is is laced with codeine. So when I was twelve, I got addicted to that. Uh, there was there's, there was no warning. Mm. Um, my family has a lot of addiction in it. So. So just coming back, sorry, why yeah. why were you addicted? To it? Were you sick? Was the no? Uh, you know, how I, did you? No. So I played. Professional cricket. Okay. So when I was 12, 13, I played Northern Transvaal cricket. Wow. And so I started getting injuries here and there or having mm-hmm. a little bit of pain. And so somebody gave me a pill and I was hooked. It, it, sure. There was no warning. There was no, you know, I want to, I want to, and what I wanted to say is if your family, if, if there has been a predisposition to addiction, then it changes the chemistry in your brain. And so what happens, sometimes it skips a generation. So, you know, I, I've spoken about this before, and, and mm. my dad will, will not mind me speaking, but both his parents were alcoholics. Yeah. And so they eventually got to know Christ, but they were alcoholics. I had a, a different uncle who committed suicide, sure. struggled with mental health. I had a, another uh, family member who was a heroin addict, and he eventually died from addiction. And so I'm very open about speaking mm. about addiction because it does influence the neurochemistry in the brain. It, there's also spiritual sides of this, right? Because mm. it's a it's a stronghold in a family. And so I was immediately addicted at 12 sure. uh, to such an extent that I would take packets of pills with me to high school. And, and what it does is, unfortunately, the same neurotransmitters that release when we feel physical pain releases when we feel rejection. And so what I what my brain was telling me is when you take these pills, mm. it not only shuts down the physical pain, it shuts down the emotional pain or numbs it. And sure. so that's all my brain at 12 mm. could understand, really. Mm-hmm. This is working. I'm going to keep using it. Mm. And so I kept that a secret. But it, it was influencing, obviously, influencing my schoolwork, influencing my cricket, influencing my friendships. It's a, and, and you feel the sense of shame and guilt. But, right, I was 12, 13, 14 years yes. old. Two, who do you go and speak? This mm. is the 90s. You know, sure. who do you go and talk to? I, I told you off air of a different different um, pastor that unfortunately, you know, it ended up in suicide. But he was sure. addicted to pills and mm. nobody caught on to this. And so, and it's rife. You, can, mm. I, you know, I'll tell you some horror stories of people who, who get addicted by over-the-counter drugs. And then suddenly they're onto heroin because it becomes morphine in your veins. So okay. codeine becomes, you know, it's a, sure. it's a, what's called a downer, you know, so, <clears throat> so or depressant. And so what eventually happened is I upgraded to something called benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines are anti-anxiety pills, sleeping pills mm-hmm. when I was 19 years old. Because now I, I had this problem, but I couldn't sleep. And so I had a doctor who was more than willing to give me you know, prescription after prescription sure. after prescription. And so because I was doing well, seemingly, on the outside, mm. you know, um, like a duck on water, you know, on the outside it goes, but yeah. under the water it's kicking at 100 yes. miles an hour. I had this intense, I remember I had this intense emotional pain and trauma. You know, gr- even growing up in church, I remember sometimes gunshots being fired outside of our home sure. because that was just church. You know, it was like a train station, mm-hmm. you know, um, demon possessed people coming to us and then they would be, those demons would be driven out. And so it was, it was chaotic. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so, I th- you know, what, what I had, had to go through in deliverance and healing was going back to those places and say, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. you got to deliver me from this. Mm-hmm. But it takes, it takes a journey. And so just to, to fast forward a little bit. So when I was 22, I was playing professional cricket. I was in the cricket academy. And then that dream got shattered sure. completely. But I had studied theology by then. And so I sort of had a... A little bit of a foundation. Yeah, mm. and, and a different way to go. But for me, it felt my dream had died. And so I mm. thought, you know, nobody knows about the pull, so I'm just going to keep on doing that. Mm. And so I was working at that stage at just, you know, but, but with this extreme pain, this extreme struggle. And it wasn't until I was in my later 20s that I remember one night I convulsed. So I decided to stop cold turkey, and sure. which, which you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it unless mm. you have support and you have help. I had amazing parents, right? And it was never my parents' fault. Mm. And so, you know, if any parents are listening, it's, it's very rarely your fault. It's got to do with what that person is dealing with internally. And, but now look, look at mm. this, right? I've got the education, I've got the head knowledge, but I'm still struggling. Yes. You know, and so what eventually happened is I convulsed. After going cold turkey, I'm rushed. I remember the paramedics came into my house, and I still I remember the first time I convulsed. I said to them, "You need to leave my house." Sure. Because <laughs> I, I was in my car, yeah. you know. And so the second time they came in, so it happened a second time, and I flatlined. Sure. So I was basically dead, and rushed to hospital. And I remember in that hospital, I, I had an encounter with Jesus. Wow. In that hospital, sure. and that's why I said only an encounter changes your life. Mm. You know, mm. only an encounter. But for me, it was a process getting healing, going for counseling, getting deliverance, making sure I get to the right people. Mm. It, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. Yes. It, it's not something that happened overnight for me. And for some people, it happens overnight. When I think about um, Mark 5 in the Bible and the woman with the issue of blood, mm. it said, and Jesus, uh, she touched the hem of his garment and immediately and she, she was, was made whole. Yeah. For me, it was a process. Mm. Even though you can be healed, for me, it was a process, and yeah. that's I think that's fine as well, because now I function in helping people that struggle with the same sort of things. Mm. So, and yeah. I think, and I believe sometimes you need to go through that process of how you got out of it. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, you did deal eventually with the root of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you had the root. You knew how to to overcome that yeah, root. Yeah. Okay, and um. So how do we, as you know, the general, how does this fit in with finding your strength in adversity, so, what you've been through? Yeah. So for, for me, it was a, like I said, it, it, it becomes, you've got to have an action plan if you want to get out of things, mm-hmm. you know, and adversity is part of life. Challenges are part of life. Right throughout the Bible, yeah. God, God chose to walk with people who were facing some adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses in front of the Red Sea, that's not a perfect scenario for him. Moses in, um, in Pharaoh's courts and then out, out of that having to lead people, two million people mm-hmm. through it, that's not normal circumstances. Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fiery yes. furnace, Daniel in the lion's den. It's be, uh, Elijah, you know, mm-hmm. Elijah's story is so dear to my heart because it's, it boggles my mind that God helped him run away. And then when he's under the broom bush, he lays there and says, I don't want to live anymore, but God helped him to get there. But it says, and the angel of the Lord came to him mm. and the angel of the Lord gave him food 
mm. and then gave him rest yes. and then gave him some more food yes. and gave him some more rest. And then what we do is cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, you speak to the lies and you uproot the lies and you confront it with the truth. Mm. And that's what happened with Elijah. Elijah sure. said, I'm the only one that didn't bow to, to Baal. And the angel of the Lord said, no, 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 there are 7,000 others that didn't bow. And so he replaced the lies with truth. And yes. that's what I had to do. Mm. And so finding strength in adversity has a lot to do with, with accepting the Lord's truth about who you are. For mm. me, it was an identity issue. It was eventually I, I, I found myself to be such a valuable person, fearfully and wonderfully mm. made, sure. intricately created by God, seeing my own value in such, to such mm. an extent that I don't want to pour nonsense down my throat yes. to hurt myself because addiction is an internal um, it's it's when you turn internal and you try essentially to kill yourself self destruct it's a self yeah yes. so so it's it's internal suicide sure and so I, I i remember when i was when i was a young pastor counselor you know um, a young lady sat in front of me and she was cutting herself and um Oof, yeah, I said to her, "Would you do you have a best friend?" She said, "Yes, I do." And I said, "Would you cut her?" She said, "No, you're crazy." Mm. And I said, "Why not?" Cause, and she said, "Cause I love her." Mm. And the penny dropped. So you don't love sure. yourself. So you're you're willing to hurt yourself mm. because you don't. And so the root for me was self-love. Yes, it was connecting with God as my Father and accepting Him as He He has grace for me. He has mercy mm. for me. I don't have to fix myself. Yes. I think that's the other thing. In mm -hmm. South Africa, especially as men, you grow up, you know, um, it's hard mm. and, and, I, and I can fix myself. You and can't I think fix that's the, one of the biggest lies just in general, mm. that people think I need to be perfect in order to go to God. But in actual fact, you cannot do anything without God. You, you can't. You, you can't see, even, he's the only one that can fix you. Yeah. So you need to go broken. <laughs> and uh, Exactly. And in, in his strength, in, in your weakness, his strength is yes. perfected. Mm. And that's such a beautiful, even in, in the Apostle Paul's life you see, and uh, King David's life, mm. there's adversity all the time. Yes. But it's, it's in God they find strength. It's in mm. that secret place. And for me, mm. that's why music is such an important part of my life. So mm. beyond the piano, there's no pretense for me. That mm. means it's me and God. And in that moment, he can come and encounter me. And I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to be someone. Yes. I don't have to pretend I'm someone. Um, on the way here, yeah, I was thinking of, of, of the following statement, I, if we are willing to let go of who we think we should be and embrace who God really created us mm. to be, we'll find freedom. Yes. Amen. And so th to me, that was the important thing is letting go of who I, who I think I mm. should be or who people want me to be and or who I think people want me to be mm. and embracing. But what does God say about it? He yes. says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully created. Yes. He said, I'm, I was created in his image and to his likeness. He says, I can do all things. He says, I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. And for me, I found strength in that, mm. in my weakness. And don't you find that the gospel is actually so simple? It's just surrender yeah. at the end of the day where we make it so complicated, where we want to go into works, where we want to try and do things yeah. instead of just surrendering to God's plan, his purpose and knowing he works it all out eventually for good. Absolutely. And, and, but then believing that he's going to do it yes. you know, and surrendering to his plan, it's not always easy because mm. we want to control. Yes. We want to control the things. I was listening to a podcast the other day where um, the preacher said, says it's not always easy to control everything but it's mm. always easy to surrender yes you know just let go yeah and and 
it, to me, it makes sense not to try because control is an illusion. Mm. Right? What do we really control? You, you really can't. Do you? I I cannot even control my kids <laughs> when I get home. So at the end of the day, I don't want to control mm. anything. I want to be able to surrender to God and then in obedience act. Mm. And in that obedience, yes. the then I know I'm covered. Because yes. when I do things, whatever I do on my own, I'm going to have to sustain on my own. Yes. And then we burn out. Yeah. And then we, we, we stretch towards substances and things to help us cope in life. And I'm not under any illusion that people are burnt out. People are depressed. Mm. Um, COVID happened. People are in deep trouble. Mm. But number one, you got to pray. Mm. You know, my mom really, she spent eight hours on her knees every day and she still does. And my mom had to fight lupus for 12 years and God healed her. Sure. But 12 years, she was in ICU nearly every year. Oh, wow. My dad went through cancer in 2014. Sure. He had a melanoma under his foot. They had to, to completely remove mm. the foot sole and re restructure sure. it. So this, our family is mm. rife with adversity, but also the testimony is incredible. Just, it's incredible. Yes. And, and the word testimony in Greek, it means do it again. Sure. And so it's, you know, when we release our testimony, suddenly mm. it's, Lord, do it, do it again. Mm. Do it for someone. Do it mm. for someone. And Amen. I think that is if, if I can, if my legacy can be, Lord, use my adversity or the strength that I found in that to change someone else's life, mm. then that's perfect. That's all I need. I think it's so beautiful because, um, you know what, I think God allows us, and I'm not saying uh, allows us to go through difficult times like trials and all of that mm. because that strengthens our faith. No matter what you've been through, um, you know, uh, God will always work it out for good. Yeah. You know, you'll work it out to become almost your weakness will become your strength in him. Yeah. And um, I, I always believe that God allows us even to go through things that he will eventually use us in that same where you said you've been through and that's exactly where you want to help other people. Yeah. Because you can identify it, you can relate to mm -hmm. it. Like you said, God didn't yield you instantaneously. It took a while. And the reason for that while is to walk it out. Yeah. Because you can never explain to someone how to walk something out if you haven't been through the process Absolutely. of walking mm -hmm. it out. And that's what makes it so much more powerful. And also it creates empathy. You know, yes, definitely. There's a, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. And the fact that sympathy is, I sympathize with the empathy, empathy is I can put myself in your position yes. and actually see the world from your perspective. Yes. And, and, but I, I want to say that we have, to, we have to not think about stories and testimonies just as sensation, but look for healing. Mm. God, has, God is the healer. He mm. steps into your circumstances and your circumstances have to change. It, it's got to change. He, he is, when he encounters a circumstance, it bows down. In the storm, yes. Jesus spoke and suddenly the storm calmed down. It listened to him. Mm. In John 4 verse 53, the um, royal official approaches Jesus and his, his slave is busy dying. Um, or his little boy. I'll speak I under think correction. It's his, boy, yeah. it's his boy, right? And um, Jesus said, uh, Go home, your, your son will live. And the guy rushed home and he asked his servants, At what time did my boy receive mm -hmm. healing? And it was at the exact time that Jesus released the word. And isn't that when he said to Jesus, I, I also know how to serve, so just give the command and it will be done. Will be so done. he didn't even have to come to his house. There's a, there's it was a, just the authority in the spirit. There's such and power in the word, yes. the released word. Yes. Uh, the same on the storm as Jesus spoke a word mm. and suddenly this. Mm. But the thing is, right, 
we need to realize there's power in the words you speak. Mm. So if you're not speaking life, you're speaking death. Mm. Right? Life and death in the, in power, the power of the, of the tongue. tongue. That's right. And you will eat the fruit thereof. So I was taught from a very young age to speak life. Now, there's a difference for me. You, could, you can't deny if you're going through stuff. Mm. But John Maxwell, as a, as a rule of thumb, he says, always confess up. So find mm. mentors and people that are spiritually more mature than you where you can go and you can vent. And you can tell them, this mm. is how I feel. I'm struggling with stuff without mm. judgment. And I think that's what I found in Bethel. Yes. For the first time in a, a long time, there's, there's so many mature Christian people. And not mm. everybody's perfect. And yes. I know everybody's view of Bethel is not, is yeah, not, it's not the same. <laughs> not I know. the same. And that's fine. But for me, I found a mentor there. I remember I sat in his office. And it was the most love that I've, I'd ever experienced mm. without judgment, without... He was an ex-heroin addict from the hippie sure. ages. You know, I just watched that Jesus Revolution movie. That was really wow. cool. But he, he came from that. The whole Bethel movement actually comes from that as well. Mm. But 40 years he's been clean and sober. He's serving the Lord with all of his heart. So to, to be able to go and sit with someone like that, mm. there's nothing that I can tell him that's going to shock him. Yes. So he was like, okay, that's your story, oh, okay. but where's the glory? Let's, let's, let's continue. I will mentor you in the end. Because, I mean, nobody's immune to being weak mm. and, and bad days and going through yeah, stuff. we're all full short of God's glory. None of us are perfect. All the time. You yeah. know? And, and, and I think in that, um, it's amazing that, that you, can, you can go to someone or you can go to people. And you've got to find community. Mm. You've got to find. Mm. That's, that's such an important part of healing is finding community, friends, mm. where you can laugh with and not always cry with. Yes. <laughs> cry with and laugh with. People who can give you advice, mentors who can coach you and help you. Mm. I mean, we've just started a counseling center in Cape Town. And it's, it's very much to do with practical tips, strategies sure. to get you from point A to point B to point C to point D. Yes. Not, not tell you you're going to be okay tomorrow. Yeah. But to Being say, realistic. Yeah. And the, because the Bible is full of strategies for, for success. Yes. You know, and Jesus walks with you. Mm. The Holy Spirit guides you. He said, yes. I'll take you by your right hand and I will lead you and mm. guide you. And so in that, I think it's, I just want to stress that point to get community, to get mentorship, to get mm. good counsel, um, to sit under the counsel of wise of many, people yeah. and then, and make sure that, you know, you are obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're also going to come back to your details later on because I know that's your heart yeah. and your passion. So before we do that, can you share any testimonies of just, you know, people that you've worked with or dealt yeah. with or, you know, situations that yeah, you yeah. feel like God had just come yeah. through for you? I remember in 2014, I worked in corporate for a little bit, for about nine months. I did a, a, a sort of industrial psychology mm. for um, Kia South Africa, actually. And so uh, part of my job was going to different dealerships. And then I would assess um, the sales staff and the managers and, and all of those people. And, and I remember sitting in one guy's office and I don't know how this, this guy walked into, into the dealership and I sort of, you know, spirit connects to spirit. Yes. And, but he came and sat in my office for some obscure reason. I don't even remember what. Um, and I did an assessment on him because the owner then asked me to. It was really a strange, yeah, it strange was something like a event. weird, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a God, the God appointed meeting, and he, he'll know exactly who he is. Um, but I'm not going to mention his name. But what ended up happening is he sat in that office and he did that assessment, but he was completely addicted to seven drugs. Sure. And this was just before Christmas time, 2014. 
and he relapsed. Sure. And he ended up in Pretoria Central in a trap house, oh. which is, I don't know sure. if for those people don't know what trap houses is, don't Google it. It's just a place you don't necessarily want to be. But what ended up happening is he just fell into a pit of darkness. Sure. And had we not had that meeting, what happened is I phoned my one buddy who is a um, special forces guy. And I said, listen, because this is now nearly New Year's in Pretoria Central. Sure. You know, so you don't necessarily go in there unless God tells you to go in yeah. there. But, but I was I was committed to this guy and, and helping him get get out of that mm. get out of that place. And so what ended up happening is um, I went to his boss and I said, listen, just give him some grace. I'm going to work with him, and we got him out of there by by the grace of God. Because mm. what happened was he came out of that place with two rand and sure. went to a ticky box, picked up a phone, and he saw on Facebook that I'd put up a flyer with his face and said, wow. if anybody sees us. Sure. And at that exact point, his family drove past. Now, now there are thousands, thousands of people mm. on the street. It's New Year's. And they picked him up and they could take him to rehabilitation center. Wow. And we've been friends now for 10 years. Sure. But he is completely clean. Um, sober, he's married, he's got three kids. Uh, but it was that was also a journey. Mm, it was a journey sure. of restoration between and reconciliation between him and his wife. It was a, recon, mm. a reconciliation with his kids. Mm. And I, I wish I could say it's success only journey, but it's not. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you take a step forward and then two steps two back. Steps back. Yeah. But as long as you never quit and yes. you've got somebody, because I've got my gift really. Mm in life is I can believe in someone past the point that they can believe in themselves. Mm. I wish I could say I'm multi-talented in many other things, yes. but, but the fact of the matter is my, my gift is being able to believe in people mm. more than they can believe in themselves yes. or see what they cannot see for themselves, mm. see their potential, see what yes. God has placed in them, see that you're not at the place where you want to be, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with mm. you. And that, at the end of the day, is God's heart. Eh? Mm. If you think about prophetic words that God gives people and they, they feel like, oh, wow, it's God's heart. So yeah. when you see the potential, when you see beyond what where they are now, it gives hope. Absolutely. Really, just to drive and, also, and to I don't, motivate. And I don't believe that you should be oppressed by the devil for yeah. any given point in time. There's just no time. Yes. The, the devil is a defeated foe. Mm. Um, I once heard a, a sermon about he's not God's enemy because he's defeated. Yeah. I don't like that the the fact that the people play oh, there's the devil and then God. No, God can mm. wipe the devil. Yes. Off the face of the the universe within a second, but mm. he chooses to give us the authority to trample on yes. snakes and scorpions and to take our take yeah. our place on earth and and co-labor with God. But um, that is that is def definitely a part of the deliverance part of mm. what we do is. Is something I enjoy because I don't like it when the devil pushes mm. people around. And at the end of the day, it's only the authority we give him. Eh? Mm. That's all he has. Absolutely. But that is so powerful. So let us take a short music break and we will be back. I just want to welcome you back to Radio Capital Pit. This is Alana Willyfee with my program called Body Matters. And I've just been chatting to Ruan Ferreira and we've been just having such an interesting discussion on finding your strength in adversity. And Ruan's just shared his whole 
testimony of being addicted to codeine and how God had definitely delivered him from that. And his mm. heart is to to walk with people who are actually going through the same thing at the moment. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, if, if anybody wants to contact you, where and how and what yeah, can they sure. do? So we, I just started two different um, Facebook pages. Uh, I'm not keen on too much social media because I think mm. it's bad for you so I try and post and ghost mm. but uh, it has articles so every every week we push themes family okay. um, because we're a blended family as mm. well so we speak about blended family things a lot um, raising kids and you know just life because yes, life can yes. be tough but so we started Facebook pages from that I started practicing again so I'm in practice in Cape okay. Town. So so my phone number is on there. It's called Rivers of Life Transformation Center. Um, my WhatsApp number is on there. My email is on there. So so people can go to Facebook page and then like and share and, and go and contact us there. You, you can book sessions. Okay. What we do is we like to work in a conjunction with other people. So mm. health coaches. Awesome. Uh, yeah. People, psychiatrists, psychologists, occupational therapists, uh, because I do believe in multidisciplinary mm. teams. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Mm. So if you want to contact Ruan, Ruan, just give that Facebook page again. It's called Rivers of Life okay. Transformation Center. Awesome. Rivers of Life Transformation Center. Go and have a look on your Facebook and yeah, contact Ruan if you need to, if you need help, if you need anyone to talk to, if you just want to get connected, yeah. um, just go onto the Facebook page. So Ruan, we're nearly at the end of um, our program. You got <laughs> and I know, back, and right? I know that you can. You've got so much more to share <laughs> and so much more to talk about. But if there was anything that you want to leave the listeners with today, what would that be? Never give up. I, that's always my message to anyone that wants to listen to a half a word. I, I have to mm-hmm. say is, you just never know when your breakthrough is going to come. Yes. Um, and and connect with people that can support you. Mm. I think it's it's such an important thing. And lastly, is just. Um, I, I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood because it's so, such a redemptive mm. story. And so I'm not going to drag this out, no, but I know that, that Jesus sort of sought out the people who were um, disregarded in life. And so if you feel like that today, then I want to encourage you that God has got his eyes on you. Mm. You know, the most significant part for me with the woman with the issue of with the issue of blood is that Jesus healed her in front of everybody that had rejected her for her entire life. Sure. Jesus chose to look at her in, in, in her eyes. Um, he could have just walked on because power had already left his body. Mm. She got her healing, but he chose in front of everybody for 12 years that had rejected her and pushed mm-hmm. her to the side and said, you're not good enough. You're not clean enough. He said, I will restore her not sure. only physically, but emotionally in every um, in, in, in society where you've rejected, mm. I will restore her. And so with one touch, God can restore your life. Amen. And, and that's what I want to leave the listeners with. Amen. I think that's so beautiful. Never give up. So, Ruan, don't you just want to pray for our listeners out yeah, there, yeah. please? How long, how long have I got? Oh, well, <laughs> you can pray as long as you want to. Whatever God lays on your heart, that's yeah, fine. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful time that we could just spend with mm. you and with each other. Lord, I thank you that I know that every listener that's tuned into this and is, is going to hear this, Father, is so near and dear to your heart that you know us by name, that you formed us intricately, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, I thank you that you've got a purpose with each and every person, that you've got a blueprint for all of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that you did not mean for us to be oppressed 
for any amount of time, Lord. So I thank you that you will give people freedom right now that are listening. Lord, I pray that people who have walked the road and have been discouraged and depressed for a long time, that they will experience your freedom right now, that they, they will be released. Lord, I pray for children to come back home. I pray for people who've been bound by addiction and affliction for years and years and years to be absolutely freed now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for your protection over us as a nation. I thank you for every family, Lord, that you've mm. called to be together. I pray for the reconciliation of families, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are always in control of our lives mm. and that everything works together for your good. And I thank you, Lord, that our names are written on the palms of your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ron, thank you so, so much for joining me today and just for sharing and being vulnerable just to, to share your story. I think it's so amazing. Um, I know there are people out there. I know there are people struggling. And if you are struggling today, don't do nothing about it. Reach out. Go onto that Facebook page. Even if you don't, just find someone that you can talk to, mm. someone that you can trust someone that can, you know, that can help you and give you good sound advice. Um, you know, God is for you. He, he's not against you and he wants you to be healed and hold. He wants you to have joy and he wants you to have peace. So yes, if you enjoyed the program, please go onto our webpage site, WhatsApp us and um, yeah, and then I'll see and speak to you again um, next Saturday at the same time from me, Alana Well, if you have a blessed week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.